Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Back in, gracious, was it, was it April? April, maybe he told me. He said, "I've got, I've got a little short mini series here. I, I want to, I want to do. So I want, I want Wednesday nights, you know, for for a couple of weeks or so." And I went, "Oh, sure, fine." And what? Eight weeks later, <laughs> that's okay, you know. Praise God. Have you, have you learned something during this series that he's been doing? Has it benefited you? Has it raised your level of awareness? about the issue of offense. Amen. You know, we need to become aware. The Bible tells us to be aware of the enemy's strategies. You know, to be diligent, to be, to be watchful, because he is as a roaring lion. Not that he is one, but that he, he acts like he is. That he's got all these strategies and devices and, and things that he wants to use against us. But if we're diligent to pay attention... You know, we will be forewarned and be ready for any time those things come. You know, um, over the years, you know, at, at different times when he's been on different series and stuff, and, I, you know, I, f- I find that there's a great beauty in series, and I can't seem to do series, but that's okay. You know, but uh, when he'd be on certain series, I've had people come and just kind of make comments like, man, well, I wish he would get through with that series he's doing on da 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 Well, you know, all the thing that does in my book, when you tell me something like that, is it alerts me that you have an issue. That that particular subject is an issue. It's a thorn in your side. That it's a burr under your saddle. That, you know, it's making you uncomfortable. So let's move on. Stop talking about it. That's really what that says to me. You know, to the person who's just, you know, doesn't have an issue. It's like, that's good information. Thank you, pastor. That's great information. To the person who has an issue, it's like, get off it already. Just get off it. Just get off it. I have found myself sitting there a few times over the years doing what I wish he would stop. I just wish he would stop. I wish he'd stop. I wish he'd, you know, my toes were getting stepped on. You know, but it's good for you. If you're never challenged in your walk with God, you will never grow. If you're never confronted with areas you need to deal with, you'll never grow. If you want to go somewhere where you can come in feeling great and leave feeling great all the time, you're probably in the wrong place. You should feel great that that I have uncovered something that I can do something about. I, I, I see this as a place that, that the enemy would like to take advantage of me in, and it's been uncovered. Now, I'm going to take care of this now. This, that should be our attitude all the time, no matter what we hear. If it, if it makes you take a deep breath and pull your toes under the chair, you know, or, or what? You know, we should, we should be grateful that, you know, that the Word of God is going forth in a way that helps us grow. And so Sunday morning... I was, um, I remember on last Wednesday night when he was getting through with his message, he goes, and we'll stop right there for now. I thought, oh, does that mean we have part two of what you're talking about tonight? Well, I found out we, you know, there was no part two. But on Sunday, the Lord said, you get to wrap this up. 
So for those of you who were really ready to get away from offense, you got one more. (laughs) So what happened to my slide up there? There we go. So really, in this area of offense, can you still sing that? Stop and think a minute. Can you still say that? Yes, Lord, yes. To your will and to your way. Yes, Lord, yes. I will trust you and obey when your spirit speaks to me. Somebody's going, he's not speaking to me. It's because you're not listening. You got some, you got some noise canceling headphones on. Spiritually speaking, with my whole heart, I'll agree. And my answer will be yes, Lord, yes. You know, that should be true for us in the easy things, the things that we say, oh yeah, I see that, I see that. And in the ones that we don't really want to acknowledge. Where is your heart in all of this? You know, if there is any area of the church that, that we need to, to, to really get settled on and get grounded in, it is definitely our love walk. You know, it's by our love that people know us. They know who we are. You know, when people look at you, they should say, I don't know why you're not angry about that. You could look at back at them and say, well, I know why I'm not angry, because the love of God's been shed abroad in my heart. It's because I don't have to take offense. It means I choose not to take offense. And so we're just going to kind of wrap this kind of, you know, this, this whole series up here just for a few minutes. And, and uh, maybe there, there's a couple of things I can say that haven't been said. And if I, if I repeat something pastor's already said, then, you know, faith comes by hearing and hearing, and hearing, and hearing. Paul talked about precept upon precept upon precept. He also said, you know, when I taught you once, you have need that you hear it again. And it's something that we need to hear all the time, you know, on an ongoing basis, just to keep ourselves nice and clean and tidy. How would you feel if, if you came into church with, you know, your ladies, your skirt stuck up in your pantyhose or something, you know, and nobody told you? You'd be mortified, wouldn't you? You know, you could have helped me and you didn't. Hey, Kara, thank you for last Wednesday night. Um, and I was, and when she, Kara and I have to know what this is all about. And afterwards I said, where was my office people not to tell me that? Where was my staff? Where was my husband? Anyway, um, but you know, if, if you walk out, and you can say, you find out that there was something amiss and somebody could have told you and they didn't, what would you think? Well, thanks a lot. You don't really care a whole lot, do you? Well, you got pastors who care enough to tell you what you need to hear, whether you think you like it or not. I didn't ever ask my kids if they liked certain things. I just told them, this is what you need to do. They had no choice when they were young. But, you know, as they got older, they, they made some choices. So anyway, you know, just, let's just kind of run through a couple of things here. Number one, God is not pleased when we're in strife with one another. I've told you this example more times than one, but it's, it bears repeating. A friend of ours who pastors in Kansas has a large family, and I think out of like seven or eight kids, I think five of them are girls. Now, I wasn't, I, you know, I didn't, 
I only had one sister, and that was enough. And I had no, I was the only female in the house, you know, for the last 46 years. So, I mean, I don't know about all those hormones raging, you know, all the time in a house full of females. But, um, you know, there's five girls in this family. And so these girls were up in their teenage years, and and one day mom comes along, and she's in the kitchen, and she overhears one of her daughters being very mean to one of your other daughters. In fact, I think she had her in tears. So the girl who was in tears, you know, left, left, and and then this one who was uh, the uh, instigator of all this stuff came in the kitchen where her mom was, and she just hugged her. Oh, mommy, 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 I love you, I love you, I love you. And she looked at her, and she said, I'm not impressed. I just heard how you talk to your sister. See, God has the same attitude. When we're not kind, forgiving, loving to one another, he is not pleased, and he's not impressed. If there's anywhere where the love of God ought to be shed abroad, it's in the church. Amongst a body of believers. This is where it ought to be. You know, in James 3.16 it says, Where there is strife, there is confusion and every evil work. A number of other translations uh, translate that word confusion as unrest, disorder, rebellion, disharmony. Aren't those lovely words? They don't bring any great connotations along. They don't say anything good. And in James 5.16, you know, we love James 5.16 because it talks about the effectual fervent prayers of a righteous man and a woman. Makes tremendous power available, dynamic, and it's working. But if you read the first part of that verse, what does it say? If you don't know, let's go find out. Hallelujah. And if you do know, you need to read it again. The beginning of that verse, 516 in James, it says, Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that ye may be healed. Now, confess your faults one to another is not a group therapy session where we all sit down and tell everybody what's going on. I don't believe. I believe this is more like if you've got a problem with somebody, you go to them, you make it right. You make it right. So that when the need comes up to pray for your healing, you will be healed. And then the next part is the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man. Well, who's the righteous man? The man who went and confessed his fault to somebody else who made it right with somebody else. That's who that man is. That man's prayers avail much. That man's prayers are dynamic in its working, making tremendous power available. That's the one to whom God says, you'll be healed. Isn't that where we want to live? Is in, is in that place? I have grown up in church my entire life. And if I've ever seen squabbles of, a, of great magnitude, it's been in the church. You know, we were in a church, you know, in our, in our uh, teenage years, in our early adult life. And, 
And uh, we had built, uh, I was a teenager when all this went on. And uh, the church we were going to had been a, was a, a sister church of the main church in Jacksonville and had decided to go over to another part of town, you know, and build a church there. And so about half the congregation went over there. And so we began the building process. And back in those days, and I guess it still happens in a lot of places, there was a vote taken on what color chairs we were going to have in the auditorium. They were theater seat type chairs. And there was two choices back in, in those days. It was, you know, the big colors that were going around was teal and mauve. Does anybody remember those days? <laughs> teal and mauve, yeah. Uh, and so there was a vote taken. And it was a close vote, but teal won out. You talk about offended. Everybody who voted mauve was now offended. The church was less than six months old, and now we have a big squabble going on about the dumb color of the chairs. You know, and, and what I, it just makes me, me laugh, but, but you know what? Most squabbles are over petty stuff. They mean absolutely nothing. Some of the biggest fights we've ever had have been started over something stupid. He, do you remember the one, honey, in the kitchen? No. <laughs> he asked a simple question. Did you salt this hamburger as I gave it to him? And I went, I never salt the hamburger. I leave that for you to do. Well, one thing led to another, and there was almost divorce that day. All over this dumb salt on a hamburger. Now, you don't, you laugh at me, but I suspect if I got some of the truth out of some of you, you have some equally stupid stories. Yeah. I'm not the only one here. You know, and it didn't really have anything to do with the salt or the hamburger. It's just that somebody was in a foul mood. After that, you know, a couple years went by and I learned to say, listen, if you got anything controversial going on, if you've got anything that you really want to have a discussion about that we might not agree on, today's not the day. <laughs> we can avoid the whole problem if you just understand today is not the day. And the wise man that he is chose to wait till the next day. <laughs> but you know what? You know, there, there are just things. Wars have been fought over stupid things. Literally. Stupid stuff. And so we just need to recognize some of these things and just get them out of the way and just stop it before it gets started. Listen, I came up with sitting in church on Sunday, this, this little, uh, God gave me this. It said, there are three reasons why we stay in offense and unforgiveness. Number one, we don't realize we need to forgive. Well, how is that possible? Because we say we're not offended. Oh, you hurt my feelings. It's offense. Well, that ticked me off. It's offense. Well, I I just didn't like that. It's offense. If it looks like a duck, acts like a duck, quacks like a duck, walks like a duck, it's a duck. Amen? Some things are such a long-standing issue that we don't even recognize anymore. I see it in families, resentment that's been built up 
over years, maybe even since between siblings, since they were children. There's just been resentment in between them, between mom and, and child. Just resentment built up between them. And so they don't look at it as being offensive because they've lived with it for so long. And so now they're just used to it. This is, oh, we just don't get along. Uh, if you don't get along with somebody, you're offended with them. See, we don't want to call it that. Oh, we just don't get along. No, you're offended. It's amazing sometimes that our associations with people who have bad attitudes and are offended about everything infects us. And so we don't realize that we have become just as bad as they are. We have become carriers of an attitude of offense. Maybe we're not offended by what they're offended about, but that attitude, you know, there's a spirit that goes along with that nonsense. And so we pick up that spirit of offense that somebody is, if, if, you know, listen, if you get around somebody who's just constantly offended by everything and everybody, you need to get away from them. Because you'll pick it up. And then you'll be offended about everything and everybody, reasonable and unreasonable. You're just touchy. Thank you. Just touchy about everything. And the more you're like that, the people that hang around you will become like that. It's a cycle. It's an infection is what it is. And the enemy wants us to infect as many people as we possibly can with that offensive, offended spirit so that he can work his will in our lives. Isn't that one of the, the verses pastor's been reading about, about, the, the, about the, the offense being a trap so that he can do with us at his will? One of the interesting things I always find out about is if you listen to someone else's offense, let's say, let's say I am mad with Ryan here. And, and I go to somebody and I'm telling them about how Ryan has offended me and what, how he's made me angry and he hurt my feelings and he did this and he did that and he did the other and he's just this and he's just that. You know, we always assign motives, you know, what's in somebody's heart. You know, sometimes some things are just, you know, was a stupid slip of the tongue because we didn't stop to think before we, before we said something or maybe we said it in a way that came across badly. What you said maybe not was not that bad, but... How it came out. It's why I hate Facebook. Because you can't tell on paper what somebody's intent is. You don't know the tone that they wrote it in is the tone you say they, they're thinking. So anyway, uh, this person is listening to me talk, talk all about Ryan. How, what a sorry some of the gunny is. <laughs> you know what has, I have just done? Let me, let me read you this verse. Let me find it here. Romans 14, 13. It says, uh, it was talking about judging and not judging. It says, judge this rather, that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. Goodspeed puts it like this. Never put any hindrance or obstacle in your brother's way. Knox says not to trip up or entangle a brother's conscience. And the Phillips translation says do nothing to make a brother stumble or fall. Well, by me telling this other person about how bad 
Ryan is. I have just now poisoned their attitude toward Ryan. How they view him. How they see him, not as a brother anymore, but as an idiot, a jerk, you know, know, just a pain in the neck. Now, what if God wanted to come back later and use Ryan to minister something to that person that I just told that to? Because I've poisoned their attitude toward him. Now, whatever God's got for him to give to them, they won't receive. Isn't that sad? And people do that with their pastors. You know, Pastor George, when he was alive, you know, and pastors told the story, you know, about the man who came from Pastor George's church to hear, you know, grumbling and complaining about Pastor George, and he wouldn't listen to him. You know, people will do that. We've had several occasions, many occasions over the years, for people who come who want to visit. Oh, yeah, I need to, I need to come to church here because my other pastor was like this. one. no, 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 no. If you've got a problem with your other pastor, the place where you just left, you need to go make it right with them before you, before you decide to stay here. But see, if you go out and you talk about your pastor in negative terms to people, what have you just done? You've just poisoned their attitude. So what happens if suddenly they're in a crisis and they need help? You say, come to church with me. I know where there's help. And they go, from that pastor you told me about? I don't think so. See, we have to be careful what we say because we're causing somebody else to stumble when we go share our offense with, with another person. You know, the only times I think you can afford to go share something, if you just, I mean, if you're just really hurt about something and you just got to get somebody to talk this over with, you know, find somebody who loves you and the other person equally who can get in there and who can say, listen, this is what you need to do. I love you, I love them, and I don't want to see any rift between you. And so I know this can be worked out. Well, think about it this way. And just give you some advice that will take you down that road to where you can see for yourself that you either just need to get over it or go to them and talk to them. Amen? Hallelujah. Um, number two, number one was we don't realize sometimes we need to forgive. Number two is we don't want to. Ever been there? I have. I don't want to. I have been known to say that out loud. Most people will not say that out loud. You need to forgive them. I don't want to. You may not verbalize it, but in your heart you go, I don't want to. That's why a series like this kind of hits some people between the eyes. It's because in their heart, when they're listening to it, they go, I don't want to. I don't want to. Sometimes you can almost see that go across their face. I don't want to. Listen, forgiveness is a choice. And every choice has an effect. Every choice. For good or for bad. Go with me over to Deuteronomy. You know where I'm going. Hallelujah. Deuteronomy, the 30th chapter. Verse 19. This can stand in today's era as good as it did when it was first put on paper. Verse 19, I call heaven and earth to record against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. 
Therefore, choose life that both you and your seed shall live. Anytime you're confronted with a choice to do God's way or to do your way, you're making a choice for blessing or cursing. You're making a choice for life or death. Oh, it's not that big a deal. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And what you consider a minor thing might become a very major thing. When you're in the middle of something that you just, you just refuse to obey God in, you have just hindered greatly your ability to receive the blessings of God the way you should. I look at it, because, you know, as like hair clogging up a pipe. <laughs> All of us ladies, you know, we wash our hair in the sink or in the, or in the shower or in the bathtub, and after a while, th- things start, you know, backing up. And you go, what's that? And you go pull that big old glob of hair. Sometimes, folks, this is what happens. Is the things that we choose not to do that we know we need to do, we should do, that God's asking us to do, is the hair in the pipe. Some water's getting through, thank God. But after a while, it's just going to start backing up on you. You can't just be in open rebellion to God and just expect all the blessings to just flow freely. And this is certainly one of them. It says, choose life that you and your seed may live. If there is any area that we ought to be demonstrators and examples of to our children, it's in the area of forgiveness. It's in that area that we can walk through life and say, oh, honey, it's okay. God loves them, and so do I. We're just going to let that go. It's no big deal. We need to be example. Never, never get in there and pat somebody on the back and say, yeah, I know, I know. I, 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 would, have, I would have said the same thing. In fact, I would have said this. I would have done this. Don't do that. Your children need to see examples of what it is to Possibly be mistreated, misunderstood, whatever, and let it go. Just let it go. Am I saying being walked over? No. But you know, you can take authority over that kind of nonsense. You can take authority over it. But our children need to see this so that they may live. They may live. There is, you know... I, 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 believe, I believe he told a story during this series about the young man that was delivered, supernaturally delivered. And God, I mean, and God just supernaturally gave him the ability to play the piano when we needed somebody to play a piano. I mean, he was, he was fantastic. He was on fire for God. I mean, it was just wonderful. And a few years went by, and his parents got offended about something. And because they chose to not walk in forgiveness about something that really wasn't it was just imaginary but because they chose not to walk in love they chose do you hear me they chose they knew what they were doing and they chose not to walk in forgiveness because of that he went back out into the world got back involved in the same kind of lifestyle he was in and that's where he's at today your choices, I don't care how old you or how old your children are, can have lifelong consequences.
lifelong. You think, well, it's not that big a deal. Yes, it is. There is no end to the examples that people can give of a small thing that they obeyed God in. It might not be in this area, but it might be somewhere else. But they obeyed God in that opened up the, the, the stream for a huge blessing to come their way later. Huge. Huge. Brother Hagen tells a story of, of something he did at, at one point. It was just a small thing, something small that he did. And a few weeks later, he prayed for a woman and she was delivered. You know, she was just like demon-possessed. I mean, her, her mind was completely gone. And, and, and the Lord told Brother Hagen, if you hadn't obeyed me back in that little thing, I couldn't have used you to set this lady free. Never underestimate what some little something. Don't put it on your sliding scale of big or small. It's not up to you to determine. It's up to you just just to do and make the right choice and take care of the issue. Take care of the problem. Make sure your heart is clean. It is clean where anybody's concerned. Go back and and re-examine to see if there's if there's people in your in your life, you know, that you just really got a problem with. You know, it's time to deal with those things. For your sake. For your sake. Hallelujah. When you choose not to forgive, when you I mean you basically just say, I don't I don't want to. I don't want to. What you're basically saying is, is that your offense is more valuable to you than the blessings of God. Now let that sink in. Here is health, prosperity, peace, joy, life, love, abundance in every area. And I'm going to throw that away just because I don't want to forgive somebody. Where's your value? Remember, when you make a choice not to, you're placing all that value on something that is going to cause you to lose this over here. I don't hardly see where that scale measures up or that it's balanced at all. I mean, look at, is it really worth that? Is it really worth it? Heavens, no. You put, you think, well, I'll just, I'll just take whatever comes my, I'll just deal with it. What if your child has to deal with your consequences of your action? See, the enemy is not fair. You give him an open door and, and you can't be sure what he's going to do. You can't be sure that he's not, oh, well, I'll, I'll take the attack. Wow, what if he decides he's going to use your children? Because you, you attack my kids, you're attacking me. So, to him, it's like, fair game. You just gave him an open door. No. So, consider that the next time your flesh wants to say, I don't want to. You take a hold of your flesh, flesh, get him by the neck, you know, and say, you will do what I tell you to do. Then there's the times, the, the third one is, is we don't think we can. Number one is we don't realize we need to forgive. Number two is we don't want to. And number three is we don't think we can. Maybe the hurt has been huge. Maybe the, the repercussions of it have, have affected your entire life. Listen, you can still do it. You have the capacity to forgive 
anything and anybody. Because, number one, the love of God resides on the inside of me. God is love. He lives on the inside of me. That means his love is working in me. His love resides on the inside of me. His love is what, is what I can always go to and tap into in those times when I don't think I can. It's not, out, it's not me. I don't have to rely on just what I can do. I have to rely on what God in me can do. It doesn't Galatians say the fruit of the spirit? That's the fruit of the recreated human spirit. Are you born again? Well, then you have a recreated human spirit. And it's love, joy, peace, righteousness, long-suffering. It's all of those things. You have the ability to forgive anybody of anything. Romans 5, 5 says the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts. In Philippians 4.13, I can do all things. I can do all things. I can do all things. And if all things means I can walk in love toward this person, I can do all things. Brother Hagin tells a story about, about the lady who came to him, a pastor's wife who came to him and said, Brother Hagin, I've got a problem. He'd been teaching on love, I think, and, and his pastor's wife came to him and she said, I I have a problem. I don't know what to do. And he said, what was the problem? He goes, I hate my mother-in-law. He said, no, you don't hate your mother-in-law. Yes, I do. No, sister, you don't hate your mother-in-law. Yes, sir, I do. And so he told her, he said, you do not. And he explained to her about the love that's on the inside of her and what God's love is on the inside of her. And he said, every time you think about your mother-in-law, you need to say, I love my mother-in-law. I love my mother-in-law. She comes to your mind, I love my mother-in-law. She comes in your house, I love my mother-in-law. Every time you see her, you think, I love my mother-in-law. You see her face, hear her name, whatever. I love my mother-in-law. You know, a few months went by, she came back to me. She said, you know what, Brother Hagen? I really do love my mother-in-law. I really do. See, you can do it. You can do it. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter who, doesn't matter what. You can do it. You can do it. Resentment can be a thing of the past. If somebody hasn't changed their ways, you can still forgive them and walk on without the burden of that resentment in your life. Because at this point, you're only hurting you. Hallelujah. We need to learn to forgive the offender whether they ask us to or not. When Jesus was nailed to the cross, was hanging there, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. See, if you look at it in terms like that, you can say, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Your flesh will say, yes, they do. And your spirit man's got to rise back up and say, no, they don't. You know, they're being influenced by somebody other than God. If they were being influenced by God, they wouldn't be acting like this. This is not the real, this is not their, if they're born again, you, sh- you sure know this is not God operating through them. It's their flesh. And if they're outside the family of God, you have to understand, they're just acting like their father of the devil. They have no choice but to act like that. That's who they belong to. It's who they're related to. That's whose blood flows through their veins. So they don't know what they're doing. 
You, sometimes we think, well, if they come and ask me to forgive them, then I, then I will. I, I will. Oh, Mr. Spiritual You, right? No. No, you forgive them whether they ask you to or not. Why? Because it gives God an opportunity to work in their lives. For 2 Corinthians 2, 7 says, To whom you forgive anything, I forgive also. You make an open path for God to be able to work in their lives because you chose to forgive them. Do you care enough about them to see them, want to see them know God, to be in the family of God, to be in relationship with God, to go to heaven? Then forgive them so that God can work through them. Because, you know, when you forgive them, they'll be able to see it. And that's going to have an effect. You know, I've, I've found many a times when, when people were very, very um, not nice to me. And it's like, you don't even know me. What is your problem? I mean, why are you treating me like this? I don't get it. But, you know, if you just decide to walk in love toward them, just be nice, be kind, bless them, you know, just be, be there, you know, whatever. They'll come around. Won't they, Leslie? Yeah. She and I started working together in 1981, and she did not like me from the day I walked in that doctor's office. And she, and she was not very good about hiding it. But you know what? I remained sweet to her, smiled at her, you know, made jokes with her if she would let me. Uh, she came around eventually. You know, people will come around. People will respond to the love of God. You can't help it. You can't help but respond to the love of God. It may not look like it, but you know what? Some people are so trying so hard not to let you see that it's affecting them that they act nastier than ever. You think, well, yeah, I've been nice and now they're worse. It's because God's at work. The nastier they get, the more God's at work. Keep that in mind that God's working. God's working. You just let him use you to work it, work it, work it. And then one day they're going to look at you and say, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate what you did. I appreciate that you weren't mean back to me. I appreciate you showed me that God could love me. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, John thirteen thirty four says, a new commandment I give you that you love one another as I have loved you. And John 13, 35 goes on to say, By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love one to another. So how do we want the world to see us? The world's looking. They're paying attention. The worst thing that the church has ever done has been, has been nasty, you know, to be nasty to the world. You know, there's a way to win people without being nasty and hateful. Love the sinner, don't love the sin. Don't accommodate the sin, don't promote the sin, don't condone the sin. Like you, can, you can love a person in spite of what they do because the sin is not who they are. Who they are is a, a being that God sent his son to die for. He loves them as much as he loves you.
You have accepted him. They have not yet. And so we need to do everything in our power to show them the love of God and let his goodness draw them. You know, I come from a hellfire and brimstone kind of background, you know, growing up. I mean, the preacher didn't preach good unless you left, left there going, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. You know, you know if, if you couldn't find somebody at home, you thought the rapture had taken place. I've been left. That happened one time. I was not serving God, and, and I was in x-ray school, but I also had to work in the hospital, and it was like 1030 at night, and, and I couldn't. I called home before I left the hospital, and he wasn't home, and I'm going, all right, where is he? So I called my mom and dad's house. They weren't home. Nobody answered. I called his mother's house. Nobody answered. I called the parsonage. Nobody answered. And by this time, I'm panicking. The rapture has taken place. And nobody I know is born again. I, can I get old? Oh, Lord, no. The problem with that is that anxiety level only lasted till I got home and I found him. I was mad by that time. Didn't have cell phones back in those days. No way to get a hold of him. But it didn't last. Fear will not last in getting a re- people established in a relationship. But the goodness of God causes a relationship that will stand the test of time. But who's going to demonstrate it? Who's going to demonstrate it? We are. Amen. You know, the reason why you teach on these kind of things, the reason why, you know, we, we want you to be schooled in it, the reason why you want to, we want you to practice it, well, the reason why we want you to get good at it is because we want you to be healthy, thriving, productive believers. Individually. And we want the church body to be thriving, healthy, productive church. That's the kind of church that's going to get the job done in these last days. That's the kind of church body when we come in and we have learned how to walk in love toward each other. That's the the kind of church where we're going to see manifestations and demonstrations of the Spirit taking place in a greater measure than we've ever experienced before on a regular basis. And we're starting to see that, more and more of that. We want it to continue. And if there's anywhere the devil's going to do his best to get in, it's in this area. Because he wants to separate people. You know, the body of Christ can only do what we need to do when we are one body in one accord, of one mind and of one heart. And if he can start stripping people off so that that unity, that, that, that being in accord with one another is, is dissolved little by little, He'll win. But this body needs to be of a mind that will be determined that he won't get an opening. I will not be the chink that he comes through. I'll not, be the, I'll not create the crack that he's able to get into. I'll not open the door, not even one little bit, for him to access. It won't be me. It won't be me. See, if we all take that, that kind of an attitude... He is forever locked out. And, and God will be able to do what he wants to do. And what he wants to do is big stuff. Big stuff. Make no little plans here. None. Because God's the God of the big. 
not the minor, not the small, not the insignificant. He's the God of the big. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.